You're dusting off your vinyl collection and you've realized that some of your old favorites might not last forever. You could buy a new copy of an old record and it might come with a download code. But don't do that. You've already bought it once. You don't need to buy it again. That's just silly. Don't be silly. Just <laughs> make the MP3s yourself with the help of Sound Studio 4. It's the latest version of Sound Studio from Felt Tip Inc. It's got everything you need to record, edit, and adjust your audio for just about any project. Like podcasting, digitizing your records, creating sound effects, recording music, pretty much anything you can think of, it'll work for you. You can find Sound Studio 4 in the Mac App Store or at macsoundstudio.com. And get to throwing away your old records. <laughs> Wait, don't do that. Ignition sequence start. Five. Everything. Everything. Sounds. Sounds. This is Everything Sounds. I'm Craig Shank. And I'm George Drake Jr. This is Everything Sounds. The Bronx was literally going up in flames in the 1970s. Buildings were being set on fire while the residents of the borough of New York dealt with unemployment, poverty, drug abuse, and violence. There was a teenager in the Bronx in the 1970s that found himself as a warlord in a gang known as the Black Spades. In 1974, he entered an essay competition through UNICEF. The prize was a trip to India, and his essay was selected as the winner. However, he blew off a meeting and opted to put up flyers for a party he was organizing instead. So he waited a year, entered the next essay contest, and he won a trip to Africa. He traveled the Ivory Coast, Nigeria, Guinea-Bissau, and also spent a week in Europe. The experience changed his worldview and caused him to reconsider his actions and environment. He returned to the Bronx and began using his talents to have a more positive influence in his community instead of continuing that cycle of violence. He adopted Africa Bambata as his new name, and he founded the Universal Zulu Nation. Party people! Through community events and artistic expressions like dancing, music, and writing, Bambata and the Zulu Nation played a critical role in the development and spread of hip-hop culture. It was a positive force in the community based on peace, unity, love, and fun. Bambata's music and philosophy combined elements from different cultural groups all over the world to create something positive for people to get behind. His influence is still being felt today. And that's why part of his record collection was on public display for a month in New York City before being transferred to Cornell University's hip-hop collection. Uh, my name is Johan Kugelberg. I run a product spa project space called uh, Buhre in Chinatown. Johan was one of the people responsible for Africa Bambata's open archive at the Gavin Brown Enterprise in July and August of 2013. And we talked to him on the street outside. If you're wondering what an open archive is, don't worry. You're definitely not alone. In fact, you probably haven't heard it at all because... Well, it didn't really exist prior to this exhibit of Bombada's collection. Well, we made it up. Uh, Gavin Brown and myself made it up. 
literally, like when we started talking about doing this this summer, it was Gavin was going. You know, isn't it great that like when you take the kids to the Natural History Museum, they can see people, you know, researching some dinosaur bones or like some, you know, mummy wrappers over at the Met or something like that. What about doing something like that with contemporary culture? At the Open Archive, people could come in and watch the work being done before everything was shipped to Cornell, while DJs were spinning records from the collection as the process was going on. Bambata's collection is part of a larger ambition that Johan has been pursuing for a few years. Um, I've known Bambata for a long time, and in 2007, I established the Hip Hop History Archive at Cornell University. Um, I had been, for about 10 years prior, literally canvassing the Bronx for the ephemeral remains of the early days of hip-hop culture because I thought that it was something that needed to be preserved and protected and communicated from a serious academic library base. The serious academic study of hip-hop is becoming more common and accepted, but the idea still might seem unusual or even unnecessary based on certain perspectives. But hip-hop isn't just what you see on TV, and it's been important to communities all over the world for decades. Um, what most people view hip-hop as today, that is the Pat Boone syndrome. Don't forbid me That is thinking of, you know, sketchy mainstream artists as being the culture. But the culture isn't that. The culture is all of these community activities that are going on literally all over the globe. The spirit of hip-hop, I think, is really clearly and intimately linked with the early grassroots culture. And the problem with perception is viewing these sort of trickle-down mainstream artists who, you know, they're also important. A lot of them are also great. I'm not making a cultural judgment. I'm just saying that hip-hop is so multifaceted that it exists on every plane from community activism to the mainstream in 2013. So why is Africa Mabada's collection the one that best captures the spirit of hip-hop that Johan is talking about? Well, part of it has to do with the fact that Bambata is widely credited as one of the people that helped define the hip-hop culture, but it's also just because his collection is so massive and so extensive. It's doubtlessly the most important one, and also Bambata was by far the most adventurous DJ. He would drop in reggae or calypso or disco or funk or soul or punk rock or post-punk in his sets, and he was always the leader in my book, and the other people were the followers. The list of genres on its own might seem overwhelming, but we haven't mentioned how many items are estimated to be in the collection. I can say that it's easily bigger than both of our record collections combined. Exactly, and that's actually why I counted 
I personally have 111 records and 341 CDs. Not to brag, but I'm pretty sure I have more records than you, but to be fair, I was DJing for a while and they were kind of necessary. Oh yeah, I, I, that's fair. And I also a while back had somewhere in the neighborhood of 600 CDs, but I've really trimmed down since then. <laughs> oh, oh, that's just too many. Yeah, that's trimming down. But even if you factor in all of the digital tracks that Craig and I both have, we would still probably have a little bit of catching up to do. Bambata's collection spans about 40 years and contains over 41,000 records. And a fun fact, it's actually been calculated that 3,180 LPs weighs around 1,400 pounds, which is also the weight of two average male grizzly bears. So we did what was supposed to be some simple math, but really ended up being a really depressing reminder of elementary school that's just unfit for the radio. <laughs> and we found that Africa Bambata's record collection weighs about as much as 26 of those average male grizzly bears. There's actually a fantastic graphic showing you what 3,180 records looks like in a single continuous stack. You can find a link to that at our website when you have a minute, everythingsounds.org. 41,000 records is clearly a lot of music, so naturally, it takes up a lot of space. Getting a collection that massive out for the public to see was an undertaking in itself. Uh, three different Bombada storage spaces in three different zip codes. There's 10 of us and two trucks, and it was rather brutal, but utterly worthwhile. My project space, Buhurei in Chinatown, is on the sixth floor, and there is an elevator, but I really didn't want to chug 41,000 records up six stories and then back down six stories again. Each one of those 41,000 plus records has data, and that data helps give us a more complete picture of Bambata's music and his role in shaping hip-hop's development on both a local and worldwide scale. Each record gives us a glimpse into a specific time and place in the past that digital files never could. Oh, there's tons of crazy, crazy stuff. You know, there's, there's record collectors who come into the room and are almost in tears. And seeing acetates and test pressings of the hip-hop narrative that maybe actually never became even commercial finished products is unbelievable. And also being able to see what Bombada bought at what point in his life and DJ, that he used as DJ tools up in the Bronx is unbelievable. Early on, Bombada would actually number chronologically every record that he acquired. So you can sort of see the narrative unfold in real time as you're organizing this archive. This process of archiving African Bambada's record collection goes beyond just highlighting the contributions of one man. His story is just one of the many that have helped shape musical history and popular culture. Incredibly, you can trace the roots of a cultural phenomenon like hip-hop back to a few hundred kids that lived in some rundown blocks in the Bronx. Hip-hop was born out of people making the best of what they had, being creative and trying to improve on their situation. Hip-hop's early years and Pambada's influence helped to open up opportunities for people all over the world to make something that they could call their own. It is truly a global self-starter grassroots culture at this point. And whatever city you go to in the world, there will be people b-boying or DJing or MCing or writing 
or any aspect of it and that is what has been snowballing ever since because of the activity of pioneers like Africa Bombardum. We've got more on Africa Bambata, the Universal Zulu Nation, Johan's work, and the Cornell Hip Hop Collection at our website, everythingsounds.org. And while you're there, you can also find that link to the grizzly bear to vinyl record weight comparison that we mentioned. (laughs) And we've got a link to subscribe to the show in iTunes. If you use iTunes, you can find us in the store and rate and review the show if you like what you hear. Those ratings and reviews help us climb in their rankings. Today's episode was sponsored by Sound Studio 4 by Feltip Inc. Sound Studio 4 for Mac lets you record audio, create podcasts, digitize tapes and records, and create sound effects for your own projects. Information on all of those features is at macsoundstudio.com or in the Mac App Store. Again, that's Sound Studio 4 for Mac. We're also a part of the Mule Radio Syndicate, along with shows like The Talk Show, Unprofessional, and Let's Make Mistakes. Find out more about Mule at muleradio.net. Until next time, thanks for listening to Everything Sounds. I'm George Drake Jr. And I'm Craig Shank.